Welcome back to Canna Week, brought to you by New Frontier Data, where we deliver top headlines in cannabis and hear experts weigh in on the impact these stories are having on the industry. I'm your host, Abby Kaufman, and at the time of this recording, we are just two days away from the biggest sporting event of the year, Super Bowl Sunday. And so with that said, I am thrilled to introduce our guest for this week, who is here to discuss the intersection of cannabis and professional sports, Marvin Washington. Marvin Washington's NFL career spanned 11 years with the New York Jets, Denver Broncos, and San Francisco 49ers. Today, he is the Vice President of Business Development for Global CBD Leader, ISODL International, Brand Ambassador for ISO Sport, and serves on the board of nonprofit organization, Athletes for Care. Marvin, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, I really appreciate you guys having me on to speak about, you know, uh, CBD and, and, and the medicinal benefits that it, it, it holds and can hold for the athletic community. Absolutely. And joining Mr. Washington, we also have uh, cannabis industry analytics extraordinaire, Mr. John Kagia, New Frontier Data's chief knowledge officer. John, as always, it is a pleasure to be speaking with you. Yeah, it's great to be back, Abby. Thank you for having us. So it's a very exciting episode. Uh, we have former professional NFL athlete with us to discuss this. So to dive right in, uh, CNET recently published an article on CBD for muscle pain, stating that topicals and pills can help, but research is limited. And as most of us have come to learn, CBD is an incredibly versatile cannabinoid. It has been marked as a sleep aid, stress reliever, and as a supplement. Um, a recent New Frontier data survey found that consumers enjoy CBD for a myriad of reasons. Among the four primary reasons to consume CBD, 41% of CBD consumers claimed pain management was their primary reason for use. So Marvin, can you give our listeners a brief rundown of your experience with CBD and its value as a pain management or recovery tool? Yeah, uh, I got into the in industry it was in 2014, which doesn't seem like a long time, but in, in cannabis and hemp and CBD industry, it's it's dog years. It's a long time, and I, I and I'm a big proponent of of CBD uh, because you know, like most people and most Americans, I only knew about the main cannabinoid, which is THC. I did not know uh, about CBD, uh, and I had to do you know coming in this industry and. Learning about it, and I had to do a deep dive in it. I, I think CBD is, to me, I always tell people, it's, it's the Trojan horse that's going to get, you know, into middle America and get soccer moms and whatever, getting behind this whole plant, then we'll open up the belly and bring out the other cannabinoids. But CBD, as you said earlier, it, uh, it, it, it has a lot of uses from, you know, stress to pain to uh, relaxation uh, sleep and what have you. There's a bunch of deliveries that, that you can have, but the main one that I found out the quickest was the topicals, the CBD top, topicals, because they've really formulated well. Uh, and they put a little menthol in it, or at least my company does, so, so you can feel it right away, which which is like any other topical. But the thing is, the CBD goes in there, gets on the blood-brain uh, barrier, and gets into your muscle, and it, and it lasts a long time. And so when CBD, people ask me about CBD, and they want to use CBD instead of giving them a tincture or something or oral that that's going to take a while. I give them the topical and they can feel that right away. And then I graduate them up to to other deliveries. But the CBD topical uh, for pain is something that I give to my uh, ex teammates 
uh, my ex-peers, my, my older relatives, um, my pe- people at the gym that, I, well, when America was open, <laughs> people at the gym, and just everybody, you know, that has bumps and bruises uh, and, and works out or, you know, have whatever it is, middle age aches and, and what, what have you, I give them CBD topical and, and they absolutely love them. And that's my first entry point for them to the world of CBD, which is a natural plant-based um, topical that, that has no ill side effects to it. Yeah, that absolutely. That sounds um, exactly aligned with everything that um, the, the survey showed. John, is there anything you'd like to expand upon about uh, the value of, of CBD or how consumers are use CBD for, for pain management? So, you know, one of the reasons why I find um, topical applications for CBD and cannabinoids in general um, so compelling, particularly for new users, is, you know, one of the things you hear a lot from new users who might be interested but concerned that they have to smoke or vaporize, you know, ingest it orally. Um, there's that kind of concern about um, a, a, a substance which they have not consumed before um, uh, and given the long-standing image of, of, of or stigma around cannabis. There's a lot of people who would be very concerned about um, uh, ingesting cannabis, whether it's orally or particularly um, by smoking, if they're consuming it for the first time. So part of the elegance of topicals is, um, one, they tend to be really effective. And part of the reason for that is um, the skin is replete in endocannabinoid receptors. So um, the skin is actually a really effective mechanism by which to to, to um deliver cannabinoids. And then two, um, it allows for really t- targeted relief. So um, for, for somebody who may be exp- uh, exploring cannabinoids for the first time, if you're looking for um, something to address a knee ache, back pain, um, it's, it, it resembles a form that people are very used to with existing topical applications for pain relief. Uh, and then two, because the skin is so rich in endocannabinoid receptors, um, it, it works because ca- cannabinoids get absorbed through the skin really effectively. Um, and, and I think that's a really kind of good way to introduce uh, uh, consumers uh, into the e- ecosystem. And because it tends to be so effective, um, it's, it's a proof of concept that then makes it much easier to have uh, conversations about other product forms that might also help them in different aspects of their health and wellness. Exactly. Absolutely. And so, Marvin, when it comes to ingestibles versus the topical products, what are some of the pros and cons? I know you mentioned that the speed of of delivery for the, with the topical and especially when there's the menthol, almost like that icy hot effect. Um, but are there any other pros and cons from a professional athlete's point of view as far as ingestibles versus topicals when it applies to these CBD products for pain management? Well, for me, you know, the athlete is, their body is how they make their living. You know, they undergo, undergo vigorous testing uh, from their different sports leagues and, and, and water. So they have to be careful with what they put in their their body because they're going to be held accountable for it and so it's easier as i said before to introduce a topical than the ingestible because people are going to be very leery of that and people you know we talk uh in the cannabis industry and it's more like pete preaching to the choir because that's what i kind of tell people in this industry like only 10 percent of america knows the difference between thc cbd cbn thca what have you but if you come here to Texas and just talk to the ordinary people, you mentioned CBD, they're going to merge it all in and mesh it all together with THC and think you're getting high and what have you. 
And a lot of athletes are like that, too. They haven't been educated on, on this plant. So when you tell them about this plant, they're going to think, oh, no, I can't take this. I don't want to get high. I don't, I don't want to get suspended or whatever. And you kind of have to explain it to them. And then you're offering something to them. The easiest way to offer it to them is, is, in, is in a topical, whether it's a cream or a soup or a transdermal patch or something, something of that nature. That's the mm -hmm. easiest way for me because guys are going to be very leer leery about taking something orally or ingesting something uh, that they know could get them suspended, could get them on uh, or might be something that's on the band list. And th there are, you know, there's broad spectrum, there's isolate and um, there, there, there's multi-spectrum CBD and, and they have a percentage, those other two broad and multi have a percentage of THC that can stack and will go above the water testing level for THC or the NFLs or whatever it is, a guy can test negative. So you have to be careful about what CBD you're ingesting also. So the easiest way to do it is give them a topical and let them feel it right away. And that's one of the biggest things that athletes are talking about is the recovery and soreness. This will help you recover quicker, uh, get rid of the soreness, and so you can perform better. The ingestible, it's going to take some time, and it's going to do a heck, heck of a job, but it's going to take some time. But introducing to somebody, the easiest way, the easiest entree is, is a topical for me, and that's the biggest uh, pro that I see is that's the easiest way to introduce them. And I've introduced it to athletes that way, and now they're taking you know, a tincture, and now they're taking a daily CBD vitamin because they believe in it, and it comes from the topical. So yeah, just and, I'd love your perspective yeah, on, on how these conversations have changed with, with the professional athlete community. You know, you've been doing this since 2014, which in the cannabis industry is, is dog years. But, you know, how, how different is it now introducing or, or talking about um, the opportunities and applications for cannabinoids with the pro athlete community now relative to um, uh, the way it was back then? All it's just night and day. It, it, it's night and day. You know, you couldn't even get... Uh, you know, guys to talk to you or get on the phone. And then when I would get them on the phone and it'd be like, Hey, I heard you in the marijuana business. <laughs> I heard you selling drugs. I, hope you, I heard you selling out. Now people are more receptive. And I can remember having a conversation with uh, somebody at my former union, the NFLPA back in 2015. Mm -hmm. And I can remember one of the first things he said, well, Marvin, we're not going to be having our guys indigest marijuana. Uh, and take this stuff. And so at the, because half the thing is, is education at the end of the phone call, he wanted more, he wanted more information. And I believe, you know, through our conversations with me and other guys, that's where the NFL is with their drug policy. And they have a lot of guys, you know, using CBD, the topicals, because guys are hearing about this and this thing is all natural, non-toxic, non-addictive, and it's so much better than the things that they're getting, because I know what they're getting. And the things that they're getting are toxic. They can be uh, addictive because, you know, everybody wants to talk about uh, CTE, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, the brain disease, which CBD helps for. Uh, Dr. Raphael Mishul, his studies have come out about that. But uh, CTE is a big issue. But the biggest issue facing the NFL and their former players, which is 20,000 of them, is opiate addiction. Uh, former players are, are four times more likely to abuse opiates in general society. And we all know what's happening with general society. And it's right. touching every segment of society, uh, including the ath athletic society. But it's, it's, it's running roughshod through there because we're introduced to it early. Now, when you 
opiates, do they have their, 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 their place? Yeah. If you have a broken finger or anything like that, yeah, you, you want to take that You when, when you have acute pain, but you're not supposed to take these over uh, five and six months. And if you extrapolate that over my career, you can start in July, finish in January and add that up. It's hard for guys to cut that off. This, you don't have to cut off. Uh, and this, if you do cut off, you can cut it off. So I believe that this is a way of the future. It's, it's, it's medicinal and, and everybody knows about it. We just got to keep going and, and educating not only athletes and the athlete community about it, but we got to educate the general public about this. Because like, I, as I said, if you come down here to Texas or you go in the Midwest and whatever, they're going to equate C, CBD and THC as the same. But it's up to us as the cannabis community to educate and continue to educate and teach uh, everybody that we come in contact with. Yeah, that's an excellent point. I was going to bring up the, the painkillers, but you've touched on that exactly. Um, so speaking of uh, professional athletes uh, in relation to uh, you know the, the rest of society, um, anecdotal reports have estimated that more than half of professional football players consume either cannabis or CBD in some form. Um, from your experience, would you say that that's accurate? And to what would you attribute cannabis's popularity uh, and CBD's popularity among football players, in addition uh, to the pain relief we've touched upon? <laughs> for the pain, uh, stress relief, uh, 50% to me is not accurate. I think it's a lot higher. Uh, okay. from, from from my experience, it's 70 75%. And so... And when I was playing, the big thing was, you know, not CBD, but THC. But if you look at, you know, the occupational stress and anxiety and pressure, you know, professional football players are, are, are up there with all the other uh, occupations from, you know, the medical profession to uh, law enforcement, whatever, because our mistakes are broadcast in front of, you know, millions of people. And there's, a, you know, we're taking care of not only our own family, but more likely extended family. And there's a lot of stuff that's that's on the line there. And so you're going to make this money for a short period of time. So guys would turn to something that they could relax and and, and ease the stress. And they didn't even know it. They were just thinking they were they were doing it to get high. But as I learned, nobody's get high just to get high. Everybody's getting high to feel better in some type of way. And so definitely it helps them out with the stress. It helps them out with the anxiety, helps them out with the pressure that comes from it. And there's no negative side effects. They can, you know, uh, they, they can medicate uh, the night before practice and wake up. They're not hungover. They're, 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 they're not having any ill uh, side effects for if you like, if you take an opiate or whatever and, you, and you're feeling, yeah. you know, that, that haze and what have you, you're rolling to practice and you're ready to go. So that's what guys have been doing for a number of years. And, and one of the guys I want to give credit to is Ricky Williams, who is the, the, the godfather, the grandfather of cannabis and, and, and sports, because he put it on the line. And everybody thought in 2002 and 2001, when Ricky was going through this, that he's crazy, he's stupid and whatever. But he's turned out to be right. And now you have all these guys medicating with THC or CBD. And that's the wave of, of the future. That is the way. I know it's still on the block list with, with the NFL, but sooner than, than later, they're going to let their players, they're going to let their team doctors, they're going to let their team trainers use cannabis as an alternative and as, as, as a different avenue than the opiates and benzodiazepines 
that they're poisoning their players with. And that's the way of the 21st century. So this thing is still, 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 you know, taking off as, as I say, because 2012 is when Colorado and um, Oregon went off. That's eight years ago. That's like taking off at Kitty Hawk, like, like the Wright brothers. <laughs> we're still in the single engine age. You know, we're still crank, cranking the ain't up. Wait until we get into the double, uh, the, the twin engine and the jet age and whatever, and that's coming. But it's starting right now, and athletes, entertainers can bring a lot of light to any situ- any issue that they get behind. We're starting to get behind this, this CBD, cannabis, whole plant deal. We're going to bring this into all aspects of society. We're going to bring it to the West Coast. We're going to bring it to the coast. We're going to bring it to the South. We're going to bring it to the Midwest because this is the way that we need to go, something that's natural, something that's non-toxic and non-addictive, and this is what the plan is. Yeah, thank you. John, is there anything you'd like to add or expand upon about about that? Just a question for Marvin, actually. So in a, I'm astonished by that 75% statistic, um, and it, it does sound right. That, that's <laughs> low. That, that, that's low. Because I would, I, it, it, John, I'm telling you, if I talk to NBA guys, I think it's 90%, 95%. Because all the NBA, NBA guys... I know because they, 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 they don't have the physical. It, well, NFL is a collision sport. NBA is a contact sport. They play a lot of games. Mm-hmm. All those guys, Medicaid. So, so from maybe from using those two leagues as an example, what are the objections you're hearing from the leagues in, in, terms, in, in terms of allowing uh, or resisting allowing players from, from using? The, the same thing. Federal uh, legalization is not there yet. But when that comes, yeah, they're open. But they know that their players are using it. That's why, you know, they just came out. The NFL, you know, uh, 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 lowered the standard from where a player can get tested uh, up up to where he can get tested. And they're really not testing for it. They're really not suspended for uh, National Hockey League is not testing for it. Major League Baseball is not testing for it. And the NBA is not testing for it. So they know their guys are using it. So if they do have a positive test, uh, let's not do this humiliating deal like the NFL has done up until last year. Suspend the guy, uh, take away his paycheck, don't let him play games, what have you. That's silly. That's absolutely silly. So the NFL has caught up. But it's caught up to other leagues, but these other leagues are just catching up with society. You cannot have this as um, on the same level as you do heroin and cocaine and all that when over 60% or two-thirds of the state is either recreationally or medically and more states are coming on. This is the way, and the leagues are going to catch up, but when the NFL does it, that's when that's the last domino because the NFL is the biggest ship, uh, most profitable, largest sports league in the world, and when it, uh, when it falls, every other thing is going to fall, including uh, NC2A uh, college athletics. They're going to they're, they're be the next thing because – like I said, in, in the jet age, and when we get going 10 years from now, they're going to look back at us and think like we were idiots. <laughs> you know, we had this thing illegal. And then the whole thing is, when it is federal legalization, one of the things that Abby was talking about uh, earlier about, about the CNN, you know, Anadoli, well, there's research, but now we're going to get billions of dollars of R&D that's going to come in, and we're going to know about all these cannabinoids. And that's absolutely going to crush the, the, the pharma, pharmaceutical uh, community, but not crush them because they're going to join in. But this is something that, that we've medicated for thousands of years. We're going to get back to it. So back back to the future is where we're going to go because we're going to medicate with this plan. 
And also, th- thank you so much. That was excellently put. Um, just for like listeners at home. Uh, so last year, the the NFL uh, there was a collective bargaining agreement that relaxed some of the testing requirements and penalties related to cannabis. So, yeah. would you say that those those changes that you kind of described were pretty significant, given that the role that NFL plays in the world of professional sports? And I guess more yeah. if you could speak you know to what? the it, impact it, on the players. I can't, I'm not going to complain and and do anything about the NFL, you know, because when I first got into this industry in in 2014, it was a matter of, of, of if, 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 and I was always telling people it's going to be when I knew their collective bargaining agreement was going to end in 2020. So they have made progress. But the thing is that I know about a collective bargaining and I know about, you know, negotiating things. It's a living document. So as this thing goes on, I think it's going to change. I think it's going to change uh, as the mood of, of not the mood of the country, as these country, as these these states, more states get on board. Uh, we have a new administration that that's cannabis friendly. That I can see legalization happening within the next uh, by the next presidential election cycle. That we're going to have something, you know. But if you look back at when I got into it, or with some of these old guys that have been here since you know the 80s and 90s. Uh, they've been at it longer than me, but you know this thing is is shorting it, 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 it's shorting the the time length of legalization for somebody to get in it because when I got in it, I didn't think this was going to happen this soon. Now that it's happening, the momentum is here. It's going to happen, you know, all it's going to happen slowly and then all at once. Legalization is is coming. So uh, I'm very bullish on, on this industry. I'm bullish on the medicinal benefits. I'm bullying on the economic benefits, and uh, yeah, it, it's 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 gonna it's it's gonna happen. And like I said, athletes and entertainers, athletes can get behind this, and uh, it's it's gonna lead the way. Because one thing I want to say, Abby, is like the dynamic athlete that is going to take this into Middle America. Mm-hmm. It's probably in high school, maybe maybe in junior high school. You know, we're, we're we're at the beginning. Like I said, we're at the beginning. But full acceptance and for a Tom Brady type or a LeBron James type of athlete, he's probably in junior high right now watching this come by. And by the time he gets into it, it's going to be accepted and they're going to take this thing and, and look back at us at like, you know, we were walking around in uh, in uh, animal cloths and carrying and, and carrying clubs, you know, because we had this plan. And, and we made it illegal. We we we, we used opiates, and uh, you know it, it has so many medicinal benefits, economic benefits, environmental benefits. This thing, like Bob Marley says, you know, it, it, it can heal the planet. It's it's gonna get it's gonna heal the world. So yeah, I'm excited. Absolutely. And so, would you predict that um, if and when federal legalization were to occur? I know you mentioned predicting that it would be, you know, within this administration or by the next one. Um, do you believe that then the NFL would follow suit and, and ease the restrictions there? Um, they, have and, no choice. And, they, they would have no choice. Okay. And, and what they're going to do is they're going to, they're going to, you know, go in and, and, and negotiate something with their other partner, which is the, their union NFLPA. And they're going to make a, a, a sensible cannabis policy that that mirrors whatever happens on, on the federal level. And then they're going to go in and see how they can profit by it. That's the NFL. <laughs> 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 you know? So I can see in 
you know, once it becomes legal, I can see uh, cannabis companies having sponsorships. There are definitely going to be cannabis commercials that that are going to be running during the Super Bowl. There are definitely going to be cannabis commercials that are going to be running against running during NFL games, and there's definitely going to be cannabis sponsorships and CBD sponsorships. CBD sponsorship in the major leagues is is coming probably next year. You know, with uh, maybe not with with the the NFL, but I know it, it's going to come in in the NHL and uh, the NBA from what I'm hearing and, and the people I talk to, and you know, so why not? Because if they're going to have FanDuel and gambling and all that, that's one of societal sins. But they've made it okay that, and it's so that's okay for them to get in the bed with uh, alcohol and, and 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 gambling companies and casinos. Why not CBD companies? And so when legalization comes, that's what it's going to be be about. You know, it's it's going to be legal. They're going to find out the way they can profit profit it. And I'm I'm okay with that because also when you get more companies and everybody talks about big pharma coming into cannabis and big tobacco coming into cannabis, I'm an outlier with that in this industry and I get bashed by my friends, but I'm okay with that too because that means there's going to be billions of dollars of R&D that comes into this deal too. So this is just going to be part of our society and I'm excited about it. Yeah, thank you. And then, John, what about you? Do you have any predictions about the future of CBD and cannabis and sports? Well, so just a couple of thoughts. Um, one, you know, the fact that the Democrats are already talking about introducing legislation. Uh, Chuck Schumer has made some really aggressive statements over the past week or so, um, saying that they're going to try and get something done this year. Uh, I think is is really consequential to, to Marvin's point about, you know, this industry moving at light speed and you know, six years being lived in, in dog years. It's it's unbelievable how quickly this is moving. And you know, one of the things that, that stood out to me is the fact that even amidst everything that is going on in the country right now, uh, the Democrats have really pushed to put a priority on getting cannabis legalization through. Um, and I think that's important for two reasons. One, I, I think it's reflecting just how quickly the national momentum is changing. Um, but two, and speaking specifically now about sports, if we think about the number of organizations that have said the reason why they're not going to allow their employees, including the NFL, to, to use cannabis is because it's not federally legal. Once we cross that threshold for all of the um, uh, entities like the NFL that, that have prevented players from using it, for all of the states that have resisted bringing up even legislation uh, for consideration because of, of its federal prohibition, that linchpin argument goes away. And so uh, to Marvin's point, I, I think we're going to go from the from the kind of turboprop age to the Concord age in a really, really short time um, once we once this federal legalization uh, initiative, whatever form it ends up taking, once you see that a critical element of federal reform, um, I, I think we'll, we'll see the domino start to fall really quickly because an anchoring argument uh, gets taken off the table. Um, and then two, you know, for for while I can understand the um, the kind of conservative arguments within these organizations for why they've been reserved for, uh, on letting the employees use cannabis, it's worth noting that from all of the research we have done, the audiences of these sports are cannabis consumers. So you know, it's it's not like the the the, the players are going to be doing something that's completely misaligned with the audiences um, uh, who are enjoying uh, kind of and, and being entertained by their athleticism, by the performances. Um, there's, there's real synchronicity there. And, and so, you know, as Marvin has said, this is, this is already happening. 
um, uh, there's been uh, kind of legally valid arguments why they haven't allowed the players to use it. Uh, but watch for the dominoes to fall, because I think we're going to start falling here really, really quickly over the next couple of years. Look forward to seeing what, what's to come. And before we move to the last question, Marvin, are there any final thoughts or takeaways you'd like to, to leave our listeners with or, or on the future of uh, cannabis and CBD in, in professional sport? Uh, that it's happening. You know, it's, 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 it's a lot of athletes are, are, are using it, but weekend warriors and just people that want to be, you know, uh, physically active are using it, uh, and educate yourselves about it, you know, and that's one of the things I try to tell athletes when they come into it, educate yourself about it so you can go out and, and, and speak intelligently about this plan and the cannabinoids and the medicinal benefits of, of, of of it and what, and what it can do for your body. Uh, don't oversell it because a lot of people are overselling. We got a lot of cowboys in this industry and that's one of the frustrating things to me is people coming here overselling this plant and making these claims that are not supposed to be making because that sets the industry back and we already have uh, a negative stigma and connotation to us in the first place. Let's be responsible for this. So when little uh, Tom Brady and little LeBron or Whoever it is, little Ronaldo that's in the uh, in middle school or high school right now. Once they get in there, we've let we've left a good uh, we've set the table for him, and we've handled this thing responsibly. We 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 we've used it responsibly uh, for the athletes and the entertainers and and influencers that are that are that are in here and promoting it. You know, you don't have to be on your social media waking and bacon and what have you. Let's use this thing responsibly because now you're falling into the stereotypes. And that's one of the things that I'm very uh, careful about. And I try to tell athletes and people that are in this industry, be responsible with this. Be, 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 be mindful of who you're represent, representing because people are going to look at it and say, OK, I told you. And so everybody's going to go back to that cheech and chong or whatever, but it's not. Cannabis is medicine. Uh, nobody's getting high just to get high. You know, everybody's getting high to feel better. And this is the way we've medicated for, you know, thousands of thousands of years. This is the way we're going to medicate in, 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 in the future. So, you know, know the responsibility of promoting and, and advocating for this, for this plant. Be responsible. Just like, you know, I, I seem like I'm saying it like an alcohol commercial or, or beer commercial. <laughs> responsible. But, yeah, let's be responsible. That is critical. Um, John, any final thoughts you'd like to share? I do have one more question for, for Marvin, but John, any, any final thoughts for the, for the audience? Now, I was just reflecting, Abby, that it's been two years almost to the day since MedMen released their uh, cannabis commercial that was intended for the Super Bowl that got rejected. And because of that, it was, you know, got millions of views uh, on, online. And, and at the time, it was such a radical idea that cannabis would try to advertise in, uh, on the greatest sports stage on earth. And, and, you know, two years later, it seems like we're in such a different place as a society. Uh, so many more legal states, so much more social acceptance, um, so, much normal, so much more normalization of cannabis in our society. And so I understand that for a lot of people that the idea of seeing a cannabis um, commercial playing alongside a Bud Light or a Coors Light ad during the Super Bowl might be a, a jarring thing. 
Um, but this is absolutely the future that we're looking at, and it's actually much, much nearer than we think. And, and why it's critical to understand the implications of that, it's not just about the advertising. Think about the entire business structure that must support an ad that gets into the suit. Retail establishment, really professional brands, high quality products with a, across diversified portfolios, uh, national reach and access. Um, there's this really kind of substantial uh, uh, framework um, of, of dynamic forces that are all converging that are going to lead uh, ultimately in, in cannabis sitting alongside uh, alcohol, um, not necessarily alongside tobacco, but in that sort of uh, level of acceptance and normalization. Um, and you know, just as, as a market analyst, really exciting to see both the pace at which this is happening and the, the, the um, I'm interested to see whether it is going to be at our next Super Bowl that um, we'll be seeing cannabis get a seat at the table. Yeah, that, that's a great uh, final point. I did not realize it had been two years. So I guess it is like dog years, but also moving at, at light speed. So um, for this final long, highly anticipated question, Marvin, are you excited for Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Uh, yeah, you know, it's the last game of the season. It's the NFL's big show. Uh, usually I go down to Super Bowl, but I leave on a Sunday because the NFL Super Bowl week is sort of like, homecoming or, or, or Thanksgiving for a lot of us ex-players. And speaking of that, John, uh, my company, we were going to have a party down there. But, uh, you know, in conjunction with, with Athletes for Care and a few other guys that are, that have brands and what have you, we were going to have a, 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 a big party down there because that's what the NFL Super Bowl weekend is about, is the party and networking. And we wanted to show uh, the NFL that, that we're here and some of the alumni uh, uh, groups and what have you. So, so, yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm excited uh, about the direction of the country now because I think we have a, a, a national strategy on the vaccine. So next Super Bowl, we're going to be there. We're, we're going to be loud and proud and we're going to be representing this industry. But this, this Sunday, I hope everybody, you know, uh, enjoys the game. If you're having people over, socially distance, be safe. Uh, and let's get through this as a country, man, and, and, and get back to some normalcy. And John and, and, and Abby, I'll see you guys on the circuit. Whatever that's going to look like in America 2.0, I don't know if it's going to look like the big MJ Biz conferences anymore or what have you. But whatever that looks like, I'll see you guys because I kind of missed that because that was kind of good for networking and whatever. So I'm optimist. I'm an optimistic person anyway. So I'm optimistic about the future. I'm optimistic about, you know, this industry. And I'm excited about the game Sunday. I think it's going to be a good game. And I have Wonderful. Tampa Bay. I have Tampa Bay. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're glad to hear it. And we look forward to seeing you on that circuit whenever the world goes goes back to normal. I'm your host, Abby Kaufman. I appreciate you, Marvin, for joining us. And as always, John Kia. And to our listeners, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we talked a lot about cannabis education and the importance of getting educated uh, on this episode. So if you're interested in getting further cannabis business intelligence, be sure to sign up for your free seven-day Equio basic trial by visiting Equio, that's E-Q-U-I-O dot I-O. That's E-Q-U-I-O dot I-O. And don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast. I look forward to seeing you next week on Week.
New Frontier Data provides this podcast for entertainment purposes only. Nothing stated in this podcast should be taken as legal or financial advice. Reference to any specific product or entity does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by the company. The views expressed by guests are their own and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by New Frontier Data employees are those of the employees and do not necessarily reflect the view of the company or any of its officials. If you have any questions about this disclaimer, please contact our legal department.